What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Monkey Finance Show podcast. This is going to be our first podcast episode of 2021. So I'm excited to bring that episode to you. And this one's actually going to be from a subscriber on YouTube who had requested something. Uh, they actually requested a video, but I figured, you know what? Um, I haven't done a podcast yet in the new year, and I figured this topic uh, is a lot better for the podcast. Uh, really lets me talk out some points, maybe make it a little bit longer, and uh, hopefully educate you guys in the process. So this is from uh, David Jones, and a quick shout out to you, David, for requesting this. David's comment is, was curious if you would talk about how you feel about financial advisory services. I get it, not for everyone. But most folks probably enjoy your videos because we're do-it-yourselfers. Still, there may be some that no longer have time or want to deal with the complexity. Wondering your thoughts on firms like Jazz Wealth, Bond Wealth, etc. Keeping in mind that fees naturally come with that. Thought it might make for a different video that would be informative for the people. Thanks so much for the comment, David. Uh, yeah, I do agree, agree with you. Uh, I think this type of content probably isn't talked about enough, so... I'll give you my two cents and, and kind of what I think, and hopefully that can uh, benefit a lot of people as well. So I'll start with this point, then we'll kind of expand out. I did put down some points that I want to talk about, but the first point that I want to talk about is, does everybody need a financial advisor? I think the answer to that is no. Uh, like you mentioned, David, there's people like me and you and a lot of others that probably watch my YouTube videos that are well-informed investors that uh, they know what they're invested in. They've done their homework. They've done their research. And whatever selections they made, whether it's mutual actively managed funds, index funds, ETF stocks, um, they have enough of a belief uh, in, in their selections because they've researched and studied them that um, I, I'm okay with that. I think a financial advisor doesn't bring anything new to the table. It's not like they can predict the stock market or they can pick the next hot stock that you can't. Um, so they, they don't give you that. Uh, but what I think uh, financial advisors do more than anything, especially the good ones, is they keep you invested through the tough times. So there's going to be times where you're going to be feeling like, oh my God, what I picked is doing terrible. I don't know what I'm doing, right? And you might sell out at that point. That's where it might be helpful to have a financial advisor that kind of talks you off the cliff or off the ledge and says, hey, calm down, buddy. Everything's going to be all right. This is a normal cycle in the stock market. This too shall pass. That's that's where, in my opinion, financial advisors come in and help you out the most. Um, so the first part of your question is, what do I think about financial advisory firms? So you mentioned things like a, a Jazz Wealth and a Bound Wealth. I'm familiar with both of those. If you guys are not familiar with Jazz Wealth, they actually do, do have a YouTube channel. A Bound Wealth is the advisory firm that, the, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Money Guy show, but uh, they do some awesome work over there. But yeah, that's uh, Brian Preston's advisory firm. And I think both of them are, are really good advisory firms. And the reason I say that is they're fiduciary, at least the homework that I've done on them, they're fiduciary uh, firms. So I want to talk a little bit about the fiduciary standard versus the suitability standard, right? And this is where I think a lot of people get caught up when they're trying to pick financial advisors. So all fiduciary means is this. It, it means it's a financial advisor who has a legal and regulatory duty to put your interests ahead of theirs, right? So they're bound by a legal standard that says 
they will do and give advice that's in your favor. So basically, let's say company XYZ, right? They're a RIA, they're a registered independent advisory firm. Uh, and, and you find one and you set up a meeting with them. And the first question I would ask them is, is do you work on the fiduciary standard at all times? Uh, so for any financial advisor that you sit down with, uh, you want to ask this question and don't feel embarrassed. Um, the good ones, the honest ones will go out and go flat out and tell you, yes, I work on the fiduciary standard at all times. And they may even go further into detail and explain how they're paid, right? The not so good ones will try to trick you and say, well, I do work on the fiduciary standard, but not all the time. There's financial advisors that work on what's known as the suitability standard. And those are the ones I would probably recommend staying away from. So the suitability standard is a financial advisor that might say things like, "Uh, don't worry about paying me. Um, All that will be taken care of through through the fund, right? So that should raise a red flag. Uh, there is no such thing, first of all, as free. Uh, and if you want good advice, you have to pay for it, right? So if your financial advisor, if you don't know how your financial advisor is paid, that's the first thing you need to figure out. So first of all, find out how they're paid. Um, so if they're paid directly through you, meaning you cut them a check for their advising fees that they might be paid hourly or they might you might ha- uh, be paying per session or per meeting with them you also might be paying something that's known as you when you work with a fee only advisor where they take a certain percentage of the entire assets under management typically anywhere between a quarter to 1% uh, sometimes it could be higher than that but that's sort of the the industry average there so Find out how your advisor gets paid. If your advisor is getting paid commission to recommend funds, that might not be in your best interest, right? So that's where we, when we're talking about suitability is those financial advisors, they get paid commissions from XYZ funds to push their funds. They're basically salesmen. They're not financial advisors. And it goes just go. It goes back to the thing. If you want good advice, you have to pay for it. These financial advisors might sell you funds that have, have loads on them. Uh, they might sell you funds that are actively managed with high expense ratios, and they're profiting from selling you these funds. They could probably care less. I mean, they do. I'm sure they do have a heart and they do care, but they probably care less uh, how these funds perform or if these funds fit you or if they're in your best interest. So those types of advisors, I would really highly recommend you stay away from. Um, Fee-only fiduciary advisors that are on the fiduciary standard at all times. Um, And uh, like uh, David mentioned here, Jazz Wealth and Abound Wealth. Those are two firms that I know have uh, fee-only fiduciary advisors. If you do need help, if you are someone who maybe does not want to manage uh, this stuff at all times, right? Like you want to focus on your career. You want to focus on your family life. You really don't want to tie up your uh, free time in all this financial lingo. Maybe then a financial advisor would be appropriate for you. And again, the, the message I try to portray through my YouTube channel is that investing should be simple uh, and it should be so simple that the common person understands it and knows how to do it. That's why I always talk up broad-based low-cost index funds. And honestly, even if you're someone who who has zero interest, I've helped uh, family members um, who really had zero interest in 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 investing in saving money. I've helped them at least simplify 
simplify their life so that they're not taking the time out and, and doing all this research. I've explained it to them. This is what an S&P 500 is. This is what a total stock market is. This is uh, the broad overview of how the stock market works. Um, if you're willing, if you wanted to invest in it, and this is, you know, how your 401k works, this is some things to look out for. And maybe in a half hour to one hour conversation, I can point out a lot of the basics about investing to them. And from there, they may feel comfortable enough to kind of make their own decisions. So this is pretty common. Uh, again, not everybody has this interest level. There's some people that I may talk to uh, when they ask me, you know, what do you do uh, for a living? And of course, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a financial advisor yet, actually. I should say that I am currently studying uh, to get my Series 66 license. Um, I do plan on being a fee-only fiduciary financial advisor. So uh, once I do pass the test and I, I do uh, get hired on with a firm, my plan is to be a fee-only advisor. And because I'm not a financial advisor, at least not yet, and like I said, uh, I don't like to give people I don't like to give people advice on what they should do with their situation. I keep my advice, if if any, very broad and very general. Uh, so when I say things like buy low cost broad-based index funds, uh, that could really mean a lot of things. That could mean buying the total U.S. stock. That could mean buying S&P and NASDAQ, um, small cap, mid cap, international. I mean, there's so many different things that entails, right? So I don't really give specific advice. Uh, one, of course, I don't know you and it's very difficult. You know, if you really think about it, there's only one of me and now I have a couple thousand subscribers. So it would be very difficult for me to, one, get to know everybody so I can give them that sort of personalized individual advice. And, and two, really, uh, my financial financial coaching side, I like to focus that niche more on saving and paying off debt and, and really focusing, staying in that lane. I have no problem giving people sort of basic general uh, investing knowledge, uh, but nothing to the point where you're, you know, I'm telling you how to structure a portfolio, how to set up your asset classes and all that good stuff. And hopefully that will change when I do uh, get my Series 66 license and I do join a firm. Even then, I don't recommend everybody use a financial advisor. Even if that becomes my 9 to 5 job, I'm not really going to sit here and still say everybody needs a financial advisor. And and, uh, and here's sort of where uh, where I kind of fall on the spectrum with, if you guys listen to the Money Guy show and Brian Preston from Abound Wealth, he basically says, you know, if you know if you're working on your first hundred, two hundred thousand uh, dollars, you could really do it on your own using low-cost broad-based index funds. So you could, you know, plop something in a total stock market or S and P five hundred index fund and really build your first couple hundred thousand that way. Only then should you really start to consider a financial advisor. And, and I kind of agree with that uh, statement that he, he typically says. And the reason is because at that point, the advice that I like to give of keeping it simple uh, becomes a little more challenging, right? So there, there are some strategic things that you can do at that point that a financial advisor could help you with that you might not have the time or the expertise or the knowledge to do on your own. Now, of course, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, uh, you don't need a financial advisor at all. If you're out here studying and reading books and, and, and doing the stuff that I'm doing, because here I'll use my, I like to use myself an, as an example, right? So I'm not a financial advisor, uh, but I feel confident enough in all the research and all the knowledge that I've gathered over the years 
that I can manage my own portfolios. And I do right now, right? So I have a, I almost have a $200,000 portfolio uh, that I manage between, for, between my investments and my wife's investments. And, and it's really gotten to the point where it, it's fairly simple to do because I have all this knowledge, right? So I've educated myself. I've read the books. I mean, I have a 400-page uh, study guide that I'm reading right now on on uh, investment law and all the other fun stuff that I need for my licensing. But anyways, I've spent the time to educate myself. I'm fresh on this stuff every single day. I'm doing research. And this is, you know, when I put out the YouTube videos, this is, you know, it's sort of like a day job for me, even though it's not, it's a part-time hobby. It's not really a job, but it is sort of like a day job, right? I spend a lot of time. So for someone like me, I probably will never need a financial advisor. So even if I don't ever become, let's say I decide I don't want to be a financial advisor, or maybe I try it out and I don't like it, I still probably would never push uh, people to get a financial advisor that are like me, that are sort of do-it-yourselfers, right? But if you're someone who maybe has very zero, if someone who has zero interest in this and uh, you know some people that just don't care right this is this is boring and they don't want to talk about it they don't want to learn about it i think those people would be better off served maybe working with a financial professional now they might have a hard time finding a good financial advisor especially if they're just starting out most financial advisors typically want that would work with you uh, especially if they're charging you assets under management, they probably want to see that you have some money. So you got to have at least fifty, some in some cases, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars before they're willing to work with you because they're compensated based off how much money you have. So that's where the problem comes in for for the younger crowd that is just starting out or maybe has a lot of debt. Um, and that's really where uh, I, I was trying to come in and, and sort of be this middle ground of as a financial coach and helping people um, pay off their debt, helping people uh, really save, learn how to save money so that they can start to invest it. Um, but then, you know, once they start to invest it, that's where my relationship ends with them because I can't really advise them on the investing part. So to hopefully answer your question, David, I, I don't know if this has just turned into a big rant, uh, but just uh, some uh, summary points. I know I wrote some stuff down. I haven't read any of it that I wrote down, but just some summary points. No, uh, to answer your question, I'm not against advisory firms and not being biased because I'm studying to be an uh, advisor. I've always had this uh, belief that you know, in certain for certain people, advisors are necessary, uh, especially for people that show zero interest in educating themselves when it comes to investing. For people that are do-it-yourselfers, uh, you don't need a financial advisor if you're willing to put in the work, uh, study, and learn this, uh, which is not very difficult. You just got to learn a few things and get those things right, and I think you'll be just fine. And you can probably go the rest of your life investing in what you're investing in and probably still make it out to the other end as a successful investor. So that's going to do it, guys, for our first ever episode of 2021. Uh, it's uh, fun to be back with you here on the podcast. Like I said, I've uh, I've missed doing these podcasts. I actually, and the little secret is, 
I actually enjoy doing these podcast episodes a lot more now than I do filming some of the YouTube videos just because the YouTube stuff, guys, I have to edit sometimes six, eight hours uh, versus these podcasts. Man, I throw this together. I think I edit maybe in 15 minutes and I have it uploaded. So it's a lot quicker. I'm not dealing with 4K recording. I'm only putting an audio file up. So I do have fun doing these. If you guys have specific podcast shows that you want me to do, let me know. I try to be as accommodating as I can. Sometimes, again, guys, just remember there's more of you than there is of me. Um, and I do this part time. So, you know, sometimes I'll try to get to your request, but then I just either run out of time or something else comes up and your request gets put on the back burner. And then after that, you're just really going to have to keep reminding me until it comes comes back to me. So if you guys do have requests, always feel free to drop a comment on the YouTube channel. Let me know what your requests are. And uh, maybe I might uh, be doing yours like I'm doing yours, uh, David Jones. Um, so yeah, that that's going to do it for this one, guys. I didn't, it looks like I'm not even going to make it to the 30 minute mark. Hey, uh, this, uh, this has been fun. Thanks so much for uh, participating and listening to the Monkey Finance Show podcast. And I will see you guys in the next, or maybe I'll Hear you guys in the next episode.